You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's Grey Cup B, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football. Bring you the latest in CFL news and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted and in! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! Hey, thanks for pressing play on this episode of 2 0 with Travis Curra and the Brazilian Thai. I come to you as a humble, rich man as I just won the Lotto 649, $107.10, Thai. That'll cover the podcast hosting fees. <laughs> Exactly. You You're know, the when new I, bankroll, uh, baby. When I checked the uh, <laughs> the ticket in the grocery store, man, I popped. But I was trying not to do it like so obnoxiously because it's a hundred bucks. <laughs> but it's the most it's I've ever won bucks. in the lottery. So, <laughs> but it's a hundred bucks. Yeah, when I leave the grocery store getting paid eighty five dollars, I'm a happy guy. And mm. and you come away with food. Yeah. I've never yeah. seen you upset with food. No, I can't wait to dig into those tater tots after the show here. <laughs> I, but you're at camp. First, Did they first feed night you back today? in camp, ham and scalloped potatoes. Oh, wow. So, in all my glory. It's not so bad after all. And you can ask Stephen Carey. I called it when I was at their house <laughs> yesterday. I'm like, Sunday night, I'm really hoping for scalloped potatoes and ham. It's got to be. It has to be. It's destiny. And sure enough. Welcome back. The welcome committee for Brazilian Thai. Everybody asks, oh, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm in my own personal hell. I <laughs> hate it here. <laughs> but at least you got ham and scalloped potatoes. Yeah, I could have got that. At, well, no, because mom and dad weren't home. So, yeah, it, at least I got fed today. <laughs> Week five started with a doozy Brazilian Thai. Uh <laughs> <laughs> okay, I actually want to start here. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders beating the Edmonton Elks uh, 12 to 11. I got an email on this game, uh, the two and out mailbag at two and out.ca. Oh, George, George Hyde writing uh, the email. Uh, hey, boys, what I learned from Thursday night's football game if you're going to hand a team like the Elks their first victory of the season, it's going to take 60 minutes of error-free commitment. It's not enough to give them opportunities. You have to make sure that they capitalize on them. The Riders almost made it look easy for 57 minutes. Then, with three minutes left on the clock, they totally lost focus and started playing football. Suddenly, there were zeros on the clock, and the Riders players were standing around looking dumbfounded, trying to figure out how they let the L slip through their fingers. And the real dagger in the heart laid in the game with seconds left. There was still some faint hope. The Riders had almost lured the timid Elks back into field goal range. And Nick Marshall decides to try and jump a route. Appreciate the show. That's George in Peachland. I think that uh, sums up the game pretty well, man. <laughs> You're still speechless. You, we had three it was days. To... So bad, <laughs> but somehow it's. I watched the game twice. But it's a classic. No, you are. A... It was wrong with you. But it went by so fast. Like, Did it? 
it was like this game could take two hours. Like, well, it, yeah, I guess yeah, that first half was over quick. It was nothing really happened really. Yeah. Uh, in in that first half, Edmonton was actually. I will say this: it was it was kind of a sense of deja vu a little bit. Uh, Taylor Cornelius getting the start, and he was moving the ball with his legs, much like. Last year, when Edmonton mm-hmm. paid a visit to Mosaic Stadium, it, it's almost like they had no answers for that. How hard is it to spy? Like, we've seen teams send three, drop nine against Cornelius. Mm-hmm. And it, it it takes a while for them to adjust, but like, drop eight, have a guy that spies him because you know that he is super mobile. And especially against the Riders, it seems to be their kryptonite is Taylor Cornelius in the last two years. Like, it's just, it's one of those things where just, it seems like yeah. an easy fix and maybe, maybe maybe we're wrong, but it just seems like it's starting to feel like 2022 again. It did. Like we're winning game, they're winning games. They're not playing well in. Yeah. It's not, that, that is not good. It's not going to set you up for success later in the season. You need to start you need to start playing better now. It and was get those, a and get those good habits back. It, it was a patchwork offensive line for the Riders in this one, mm-hmm. and it showed. Uh, Trevor mm-hmm. Harris was under pressure for the entire game, and uh, that being said, the teams were sort of able to move the ball. Like uh, Edmonton yep. had opportunities to put up points. They started with a missed field goal, a makeable kick, thirty-two yards out. Dean Faithful misses it. It's one nothing Edmonton. And then the Riders move the ball, go for it on third and goal, and they fail. So <laughs> the, the next score is an Edmonton punt single. Uh, by the time we I, get to halftime, it's 3-3. I, I have defended Glenn Suter to the nth degree to people. I'm done. I'm done. What happened? What are you talking about? When they're up, when the riders are down one nothing, they just had to go for it on third down. He's like, "Well, if if they don't make, if they don't like, if they kick the field goal, they're only up two, and and so I mean, it's only one point. It's a big deal." I'm like, "Well, I'd like to take the lead." And so then when they're down three nothing, he's like, "Well, now you kick the field goal to tie the game." I'm like, <laughs> the game would have been tied anyway. Like, what are you talking about? I'm Why okay with take going a lead? for it. I am. Yeah, like I get why they did it. But st- you're on the road. No, riders or no, are at or home. Sorry, yeah. riders are at home. So yeah, like you go for it, but like, yeah, just kick the field. Like, why you're overthinking it? Kick the in field general. Goal. I'm. I guess I'm just more okay with uh, ec- or, or aggressive football. It's mm-hmm. like if they execute it, we're not really talking about it. Um, but they they were struggling. Uh, you know, with keeping Harris protected and that sort of thing. So maybe when you but look not, at it that they're way. Not, they're not, yeah, but they're not Ottawa. Yeah. Right? Like in, right. in their second game or, or third game where they they went for it and everybody agreed because they haven't found the end zone. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like when you start playing golf, you play from the front tees. You got to learn how to score. It's mm-hmm. the same idea with them going for it last week or two weeks ago. I, I just don't see. I, 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 I would rather have had the lead. It, it, granted, it worked out 3-3 anyways. Yeah. I mean, it maybe it maybe changes depending on possessions and starting yards and all that stuff. Like it, it's a butterfly effect, but yeah, I just like I'm just, Glenn Sears rambled on about you know you're, you're not losing anything. I'm like, well, you're still down a point, and it's a ter- pretty big point. 
points were hard to come by in this one, especially when both teams are wiping big plays off the board by their own doing. Uh, Stephen Dunbar Jr. did find the end zone. He burned Nick Marshall Mm -hmm. on a big gain. But would you look at that? A holding penalty wipes that play off the board for the Edmonton Elks. And then (laughs) Dean wasn't It wasn't ticky-tack either. It was blatant. It was. Faithful misses another field goal. Mario Alford returns it for a touchdown. Would you look at that? That big play also (laughs) wiped off the board. (laughs) Why why are you taking a penalty there? Yeah. Behind Alford. Alford's already gone. Like, guys, the special team, there's a reason some guys never get off special teams. It's because of stupid like that. Last minute of the half, Brett Lothar, he's good from 16 yards after the big Mitchell Picknin reception to get into Elks territory. Man, Mitchell Picknin, what a game for him. Getting mm-hmm. onto the roster here for the Rough Riders, the leading receiver in the entire game. Four catches, four targets, including a big-time score at the end of the game. 79 yards for Picton. He's... Uh, didn't drop a single pass. And I get he's uh, probably drawing, you know, the third, he's the third guy that the maybe even mm-hmm. fourth guy that uh, defenses are looking at here, but he took advantage of that. He's worked hard to get to where he was and made some big time plays at big time times. Well, and, and you need those guys that have that third and fourth matchup to produce. It's the same as in the playoffs where you need your fourth liner, like your fourth liners can't just be passengers, no passengers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, we've seen it in every sport where the, the a number eight and nine hitter in a in a World Series, like they've got to contribute, stuff like that. And for him to come in and do what he did, like four or four for seventy nine yards and a touchdown, leads the game seventeen point nine points. Fantasy. Yeah, like it's, I, I don't want like the word amazing. It's impressive. Like just coming his first game of the year comes back. It has seems like he's got it all figured out. Favor, favorable matchup for sure. And I mean that'll change. I'm sure. Like if he keeps yep. putting these numbers up, they won't get the favorable matchups. But you know, when when you need a guy, it just he shows up late, clutch. You know, to have two clutch plays there to end the game. Uh, that that that's a positive moving forward for the Riders. I didn't like much more or much else in this one for them though. So that's why I'm saying it's, it's shades of lash. It's scary right now. <laughs> now uh, Elks are up four three and. Chris Jones. and I also had the over in this game. So <laughs> Now, Chris Jones is always standing on the sideline while his team's playing. Mm-hmm. Always. Now, it just seems, at least when I watch him in Edmonton, that the play is across the field. But in this one, the, the official is running with the play. He, he doesn't have time to look. He's watching the play, and Jones mm-hmm. is standing on the paint right in front of him. He tried to argue that he wasn't on the paint, which was He's a... such a loser. <laughs> I can't even handle it. So he takes an elbow to the head, and the, the ref couldn't, couldn't even look nice... or hesitate. Flag yep. in the air. 100%. Like, who do you think you are, Mike Tomlin? <laughs> but then, yeah, he takes he takes two giant steps back. He's like, oh, I'm standing here. Yeah. And he's yelling at him. It's like, well, you're, that's still against the rules. Like, you have to... <laughs> You have to be a yard away from that. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? <laughs> go, go get another job. Oh, well, we'll see. If, if this continues, uh, he might be looking 
Oh, I, no, I mean another job. job with the Elks, like wear another hat. Oh, <laughs> oh add more duties yeah. uh, to the uh, already growing might list well, of duties. Might as well be the video coach, too. <laughs> the Elks, though, Challenges. actually finish a drive in the third quarter. Um, they go up 11-3. And if you actually look at the time of possession in this game, uh, the Elks, man, <laughs> they had the ball... For 37 minutes and two seconds. I don't know how to justify. And got 11 points. <laughs> Not pretty football to say the very least, but uh, at that score, there's some extracurriculars. Uh, teams are getting frustrated with each other. Micah jo- I, I love when a ref is about. I don't know, five foot seven, and trying to hold Micah Johnson. <laughs> it's me. Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. I'm just stepping back, and whatever let happens, happens. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Let them go. They'll figure it out. They're big boys. <laughs> and then, so the Riders driving the ball again, and Trevor Harris throws a brutal interception in the end zone. So I stood up. I'm like, well, he's three for three on this drive. This one's going to be caught. It was caught. Yeah. By an elk. Double coverage <laughs> and looked like yeah. underthrown, really. Like, it was just not was bad. A, a pretty interception at all. So that's where uh, Cody Fajardo fans and Trevor Harris haters use their uh, platform to say, see, we, we got the wrong quarterback in the deal. I think. Yeah, Fajardo didn't. Has never thrown a pick in the end zone. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's something to be said, too. I, I, both guys probably did need a change of scenery either way. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it was probably a positive for both teams. I think Pajaro's um, needed new training stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I think so, because he's going to get sacked just as much, if not more, and maybe break his own record for taking sacks in a single season. Um <laughs> But with 104 left in the game, the Rough Riders finally find the end zone. And I honestly, Ty, I don't know if I've seen Trevor Harris play like that. He he was all of a sudden looked like one of the most mobile QBs in the league because he had to be. <laughs> he had to be. Like like you mentioned, Patchwork offensive line. Yeah. Um, he's, he normally gets the ball out fast, but he just... Edmonton, they can play defense. They have the horses there to do that. And so I imagine, like, the reads, like, it's tough to get a ball out quick, especially when you don't have the likes of, you know, a guy like Darrell Walker and uh, Schaefer Baker's not playing. Key on Schaefer Baker, thank you. Right? Like, I mean, Kaiser, you're able to key in on guys. Moves aren't quite there. You got some young guys in there. Picked and included, like it, it's tough to get that ball out quick because you don't want to throw a pick. You'd rather take the sack, and and you know it just so happened that Picton was able to leak out on that out route, and he was wide open. Now, it was a ten play, seventy eight yard drive, and on that drive, uh, Trevor Harris was sacked twice by AC Leonard. It's not often on a drive where you get sacked twice and still give up the touchdown or still score the touchdown. 
Sam Emelis had a 16-yard catch on that one. He had kind of an off-and-on day, a, a tough drop here and there. He took penalties. He had, I think, one of the best catches of the season uh, mm-hmm. when the Riders were backed up right to their goal line that got them some breathing room on that drive. And... The, they end up finishing this one. You're right to Mitch Pickton. It was just a four yard touchdown, but they still needed that uh, two point conversion. They got it. Tie game, a minute four left. And this is when the real fun starts, Ty. <laughs> I don't blame Sims at all. It has to be on the coaching, I think. 100%. And I realize 100%. he needs to know the situation. You catch this ball no matter what, and it cannot stay in our end zone. He needs to be told that. And told, if you're not going to get it out, hunt it. Like, it. It looked like in his head he thought, if this ball is going to land inside the 10, I'm going to let it bounce. And it's a touchback. Yeah. Right? It's one of the, like, the rules are not the same, and he wasn't 100% on, and, and clear on all of them. And it, it falls on the coaching staff. This is one of those things where you, you, you don't see a game end like this, I think, in September or October. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in <laughs> June, July. I was also very upset. Why? So hear me out. This game, you send this game to overtime. Okay. <laughs> it's 11 11. Yeah. And you yeah. have a 44 and a half. So we're at 22. Correct? My math is good on that. If they would have gotten you to the over in overtime, I would have been blown away. You get riders win the toss, they like to go second. Yeah. Both teams, both teams get a touchdown and a two-point convert. 16 points. Now we're at 38. <laughs> That's riders far go, too much hope. <laughs> riders go first in the second overtime. They score, go for two, get it. Plus eight. 46 <laughs> points. Pulled off. Pull off the Elks on their drive. I hit the spread and the over, and everybody's happy. Man, with the struggles these offenses had during the game, you think they would, like, open up in overtime? (laughs) In 35 yards, you never know. Well, yeah, I guess. You do never know what happens there. Brett Lothar lays into the kickoff. It sails well. Honestly, Sims looked like he had a chance to catch it too. He didn't really. It, it looked the thing like, is, he like he's all, he's super lazy going back to get it. That ball is live. Well, they could have recovered it for are, a touchdown the riders, too. The riders are all onside. Yeah, there was so much that went on. Like he could have a rider could have just picked up the ball and it's mm-hmm. touchdown riders. Yeah, which would have been even more hilarious. I think. <laughs> it would have been. It would have been great. It doesn't matter what league, that would have been a touchdown, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, because in the NFL, if it touches the end zone, it's a touchback. Oh, okay. No matter what. Okay. Which uh, is dumb. Yeah. That is kind of dumb. Just get rid of the kickoffs. Give the team the ball to 30. Might as Don't well. waste my time with commercial breaks. Might as well. Uh, so, Taylor Cornelius, he takes a pass. He, he hits Maurice French. They, they take right. it to the rider 50, and then there's an incomplete pass. It is second and 10, 27 seconds left. Taylor Cornelius picked off by Nick Marshall for the second rider game in a row. It is sealed 
by Brazilian Ty's favorite player, Nick yeah, but Marshall. <laughs> Nick, Mar- Nick Marshall is that guy that scores a hat trick and is still minus three. <laughs> well, yeah, he got burned again in the game, but he came right? back on a holding. Yeah, yeah. Like, Riders win. It, I mean, <laughs> it is ugly, but I guess it counts, Ty. They, all, they don't ask how, they just ask how many. I am dumbfounded with what's going on in Edmonton. Like, how can you continually come up with new ways to break your fan base's heart and just shatter it into a million pieces? A loss like that is just brutal. But hilarious. Like, you have to look at it and be like, I expect nothing less. Kevin Brown had 15 carries for 65 yards. Shannon Brooks had six for 20. Uh, Taylor Cornelius, 17 to 29, 226 yards. The interception at the end. Uh, he did have, I, I guess, the rushing touchdown uh, there. So that was his fantasy night. The receivers, the leading receiver, Stephen Dunbar, three catches on six targets for mm-hmm. 49 yards. Dylan Mitchell, three for 20. Uh, Shannon Brooks had a 31-yard. I mean, what a rough, rough game uh, to watch here. (laughs) And uh, a loss, another one in the column for the Edmonton Elks to start this season. So I'm going back to work on Saturday. Text our buddy Brandon. Let's watch a football game and crush some pizza. I'm in. And then we sat through that. Like it tested our friendship, man. I work uh, on the radio, and the Edmonton fans texting in are just. What about Marty? <laughs> I won't say what he calls the Edmonton Elks. Well, t- you tell me off air. Well, it's the Edmonton excrement, <laughs> and they're living up to that name. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> Marty likes to party, though. <laughs> he does. Uh, Trevor Harris, 19-29, to 29, 292 yards, a pick and a TD. Jamal Morrow, they even got away from him. 11 uh, carries, 52 yards. Tevin Jones had 60 yards. Sam Emelis had 63 yards. And uh, Kendall Watson getting uh, 40 yards in this one, including the big uh, two-point conversion. That was a game, Ty. That was, that was something. a game. Uh, I'm something. not going to – those are the rules, man. Know the rules or coach your uh, players on knowing the rules about uh, those singles. You're getting paid You're getting paid the most money any coach has ever seen, I'm sure. And, and uh, you're terrible at it. Look, there can't be any crying on Edmonton losing on the singles because they had four that, singles in this one yeah. already. So. Like, just ridiculous. The fact that they lost on a single, I guess, is just... uh, Poetic justice. Yeah, I guess that's what we'll call it. Uh, Winnipeg uh, beating the Calgary Stampeders 24-11. Our uh, sympathies go out to Adam Big Hill, who did lose his uh, father recently and uh, played a great game here, making some big tackles, and that's what he does every Mm -hmm. single time. He's on the field, but Calgary was given... Winnipeg some fits here uh, early on. Anyway, uh, Rene Paradis opens the scoring. It's 3 nothing Winnipeg. And then we're starting to see 
a different Winnipeg Blue Bomber team taking penalties here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Undisciplined, slow. Yeah. Beatable. Yeah. I mean, the Stamps got up double digits, 10 nothing early in this game, and normally it's going the other way around, but the big one there is Winnipeg taking an illegal contact mm-hmm. penalty. just one of those things like you're shooting yourself in the foot they're already struggling this year uh the saving grace is that it's jake mayer and he hasn't shown up um i think you know come september october they got to clean it well before then you don't want to fall too far behind like yes i know they won this game but you don't want to start falling behind with penalties the later you get in the season you got to fix it now it's one of the many things they have to fix and it's one step at a time. It, it, but yeah, like take that illegal contact penalty, just fresh set, and then you know, get lucky that you come back and win. So it doesn't hurt. it doesn't feel like it's that bad. You don't want to critique a win. But when you're giving away as much yards as they have been, it it's just not setting up for long term success. Just uh, different than what we've become accustomed to with the Winnipeg mm-hmm. Blue Bombers, and I'm sure they'll figure it out. But uh starting to look more and more human as it goes on, but Teams, I mean, BC took advantage of it. Nobody else has really been able to take advantage of it yet against those blue bombers. And it's, I I still, look, I'm not calling the plays. I I get it. But Calgary getting away from Diedrich Mills kind of really. It doesn't make any sense to me. He was running mad at the collisions that he was delivering to that defense. He met Brandon Alexander a few times. Like, that is football, man. And he had himself 14 carries, 97 yards, and mm-hmm. the touchdown. And then as the game went on, and I know Winnipeg fought back and they took the lead, but they totally weren't giving the ball to Diedrich anymore when they and then had you wonder great why success. Jake or why Jake Mayer struggles. Yeah, I don't I I can't figure that out. Like it, like if you're going to commit early when you're down like 10 10 it's first quarter. Like, there's still lots of time like you can still commit to the run. They were they up do. 10 nothing. Or they were up 10 nothing, sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you have to like, yeah, run the ball and then, you know, Winnipeg starts mounting the comeback. Why why would what if it, it's still working? I don't know why you would go away from it mm-hmm. when it got you a 10 nothing lead. Like, it just makes no sense. Well, the Stamps had 10 points in the first quarter, one point the rest of the way with uh, the, the Bombers outscoring them 24-1 to after the uh, Stamps got up to that 10 nothing that 10 nothing lead. So it, what do the... Stampeders do here. They they have a very inexperienced receiving core right now. Luther Hakanavanu ended up missing this game. Uh, Rice and John making his first start. All they really had was uh, Reggie Bagleton. Mark and Michelle back in there, back in the CFL, making his return for the first time in about five years. They were looking his way a lot, but those Bombers defenders were priding themselves on shutting him down. And they were all over him. Mm-hmm. It, and they were still throwing his way. It it just appears like this might be a bit of a long season in Calgary, and that feels weird to say. Well, right now, I I think a few teams are in for a long season. Like, you look at it, there's four starters right now. 
Yep. And a lot of it is quarterback play. Mayer is struggling. He threw for 122 yards. Yep. And an interception. He had 2.9 fantasy points, 14 to 25, like barely over 50%. Like, I know they wanted to move on from Bo. It was a money thing, and Mayer showed that he could play at those 300-yard games. Yeah. Granted, he only won one of them, but there is a dearth at that position on a lot of teams, and it, it, it's starting to rear its ugly head, and these teams are going to fall behind. When I watch the games, I just see that the D-lines are just way better. So way much better. Talented. And I, I think maybe part of it is that teams are deciding to hide their Canadians on the offensive line. And I wonder mm-hmm. if there's going to need to be a bit of a change in philosophy when you're building a team. I, What, what would you rather have? I, of would course, you, you have want four, strong lines. Yes, you do want four Canadians, three really strong Canadians, and one you got to quote-unquote hide. Yeah. Or do you want Matt or do you want Matthew Betts? Yeah. That, I know what I want. I would rather have two on the D line and then kind of build that way. And I, yeah. I don't like talking about the, the Canadians that are weaker uh on the offensive line or saying that they're inferior players. But I remember last year uh, it's like a Logan Furland comes from playing you know, for the Regina Thunder. And then the next year he's lining up against Armando Sewell and Willie Jefferson and like, have fun. It's a guy he's probably going to need four or five years to adjust to playing that level of mm-hmm. competition, you know? Right. But, yeah. I think gone, gone are the years of hiding guy. Like he, if you can't put four Canadians on offensive line, you can only go three. You got to find somebody else to go and play at another position, whether it's receiver you know, you've yeah, you got you got to be able to find those Brady Oliveras. Yeah, right. The, the match you bet. You think how bad? How angry is Edmonton right now? I don't know. He's a different guy in BC. Somehow, it's yeah. He was not near that level of play in Edmonton. No. Yeah, if you can find a Betts or a Mwamba or an Olivera, those like Olivera especially the ratio busters mm-hmm. talk about it all the time. Like, if you have a guy that is the best at his position, you knock Mwamba, arguably one of the best linebackers in the league. Canadian. Tunde and Delicate, Canadian. Is he not? Yep. Yep. Like, Taylor Loeffler, greatest safety to ever play the game. <laughs> like, these guys, like, it just showed, like, yeah, you need, it's the, it's the Canadians that win you great, like, the team with the best group of Canadians, it's usually the team that wins the Grey Cup because you're able to put Americans at spots that aren't traditionally American spots, like mm-hmm. on the offensive line. They're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. Like, it's just, it, that's just the way it works, and, and you have those guys that play the non-traditional spots as a Canadian, it just makes your team so much stronger. It's almost like you are seeing it. It's like you have to give up everything to make sure you have the strong left tackle and the strong right tackle, no matter who it is, no matter where yeah. they're from, pay them what they're worth, and then the rest of the things will fall into place. And yeah. they, and, they, and and maybe don't move them to the other side. Yeah. <laughs> and they had Bryant and Hardrick long before things started going mm-hmm. well in Winnipeg, and they stuck yep. the course. Yep. They stuck the course. Uh, late in the half, and it's always these touchdowns going into the room at the break that just 
crush you. And Greg McRae, I think, is going to find his way onto that bomber roster and be one of those home run hitters and a, a danger to score from anywhere on the field because they hit him with that 68-yard touchdown. So close. So close. Man, almost the best touchdown of the year. But he <laughs> is a burner. And they mm-hmm. hit him for 68 yards. It's 11-11 at halftime. And that was the end of the success for the Stampeders tie. <laughs> yeah, you hate to see it. Uh, <laughs> at the same time, it's really hard to make that. Like, the West is still substantially better than the Eastern Division right now. But the way that Edmonton and Calgary are trending, it's yeah. like, I... I how much stronger can it like teams are starting to fall off? I mean, Toronto seems to be the class of the East Ottawa, who knows what's going to happen there. They got to go get somebody, but yeah, it's just one of these, like the West has always been strong and it's just Calgary having a futile second half is not something we're used to seeing, but I don't know with what they have now. I don't know how rare or not rare, how going forward, how, often or how strange it will seem like just the way things are going with Jake Mayer and that receiving core, they're just not on the same page. Yeah. And they do have a very young, young team Mm -hmm. right now. Like you said earlier, kind of a retooling. And I I think this, they they could finish fourth and cross over and, and yeah. And people will be upset. Yeah. Still got a chance. This coming week, it's going to say a lot. Riders and uh, Stampeders round two, just a couple weeks removed from that overtime game at McMahon. Uh, the, the third quarter, Jake Mayer overthrows Mark, overthrows Mark and Michelle Demario Houston back into the lineup. He has an interception. So far, he's got three interceptions and three forced fumbles on uh, on the and season. Some, and somehow, start. Matthew Betts. It's probably still the defensive yeah. <laughs> player nominee. So far, so far. Uh, late in the quarter, Zach Kolaris ends up hitting Rashid Bailey uh, with a nine-yard touchdown there. And then Greg McRae strikes again. Renee Paredes ends up missing the kick. Uh, Greg McRae returns it 102 yards, but the Stampeder defense keeping their team in it I mean, it's not very often where a drive starts at the 13 for the Bombers and it only ends in a field goal. In a field goal. Yeah. Like that's it's kind of a kick in the nuts. But you got points. Mm-hmm. And the way Calgary had been playing that third quarter, it's how yeah. worried were they? Yeah. Yeah. Th- there you go. Uh, Winnipeg and, against and then, and And then the next drive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nine minutes and 45 seconds. <laughs> like That's the f- whole segment on the radio. I feel like that probably happens a few times a year in the NFL. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm looking at this stat sheet. 15 plays, 99 yards, and it ends in a field goal. I realize that. But that it's is... Perfect drive, though. Like the, the only thing that isn't perfect about it is the field goal. And look but, how much they were running, and Calgary mm-hmm. just had no but, answers. So with a minute 57 left, they go up 13. Yeah. But the anemic Calgary offense, it it just felt like it like there was it wasn't one of those games where you know you can get the quick score onside quick score. There was never a threat of that. It never felt like that was gonna happen. 
Yeah, and they actually put Tommy Stevens in uh, mm-hmm. at that point. And look, the, the Calgary, the inexperience in the receiving core wasn't really helping out their quarterbacks. Odom's Dukes had a couple drops. Uh, all the respect in the world to Mark and Michelle, and uh, maybe he was it's just a big, It's a big ask in your first game back, not familiar. He was probably just He's- running some basic Stuff. He's never played you know? with Jake Mayer before. Like, yeah. So, back to the drawing board for the Calgary Stampeders, uh, losing by two scores to those Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Man, mm-hmm. the, are the Bombers back? Are the Bombers back? Yeah. To to dominating? Yeah. Ugh. They're not dominating, but remember last week when we were a little worried? Yeah, yeah, but last year. They seemed beatable, and teams just and couldn't do it. Teams just rolled over. I, I'd worry about them, but they play Ottawa this coming week, and then they play Edmonton. So, <laughs> what I, I I'm, I'm looking ahead here. They play BC again uh, August 3rd. Uh, that will be a matchup to watch, but I want to see a Winnipeg-Toronto game. Like, what are we going to find out there between uh, the Bombers and the Argos? Because And that happened September 29th at IG Field. I know that's looking Man, way ahead. but It's so far ahead with injuries and everything. And yeah, who knows what, yeah. yeah. So I don't even want to start. <laughs> I don't even want to start it. That is going to be, uh, well, right now that looks like uh, a premier matchup and uh, – Maybe our Grey Cup rematch because right now out of the West, it is a crapshoot, man. It is uh, mm-hmm. it is a crapshoot. Uh, Brady Oliveira, he did have 15 carries, 73 yards. Uh, the leading receiver for the team as well was Greg McRae. Uh, two catches, 73 Both yards. running backs. Yeah. <laughs> Real Matt Nichols performance from Zach Kalaros. <laughs> yeah, 20 of 28 for 231 yards, two touchdowns, and then uh, the Stampeders, uh, Diedrich Mills, 14 carries, 97 yards, 6.9 yards a carry. Nice. And somehow did not have the ball long enough. Their leading receiver was Reggie Bagleton, four catches and 51 yards there. Can we talk about Diedrich Mills receiving yards? <laughs> One catch for minus six. All of those are yards after the catch, by the way. <laughs> The yak is not very pretty there. Uh, I haven't, Micah, I've never seen a good-looking yak. <laughs> Micah Awe, 10 tackles, uh, probably playing a little too hot at the uh, <laughs> end of the game there. Um, I felt like he was taking some shots. He was. He was. Uh, Zach Kolaros got sacked crazy. three times. Um, but for the bomber defense, it's just another one of those even performances, I would say, from them. Mm-hmm. No real uh, dominant uh, performers, no 10 tackle guys, but Adam Big Hill had seven. And Willie Jefferson seems to be back to the the player that the we nine all foot wingspan. Yeah. The nine two, foot wingspan guy. Two sacks in this one for. Big Willie Jefferson. Did he not have a pass knockdown too? Uh, it's not on the stat sheet, but I, I think he did deflect one anyway. I thought so. Uh, that I remember. Now, the next game, look, it's overshadowed by something that happened into it. The Hamilton Tiger Cats beat the Ottawa Red Blacks 21 
13 here. Now, Hamilton did get off to a 9 nothing lead here. It was it was three field goals. Um, but then midway... I thought Ottawa's defense was spectacular in the first three quarters. They were good. Um, Masoli makes his first start of the season, his first start in 17 games. And they were uneven. You know, they, they weren't really... The, able to get things going. Let's face it, Hamilton's defense was flying mm-hmm. all over the place. But uh, it's midway through the second quarter, right? Where uh, Jeremiah Masoli yeah. just uh, he looked to get out of the pocket and went down. Nobody touched him. It was one of those non-contact injuries. You Which know, is never good. I know that the non-contact stuff is is terrible. And Masoli had CFL fans, CFL players, everybody rooting for him to to get back onto the field. But right now, it doesn't look good. And I I hope we haven't seen the last of Jeremiah Masoli playing in the Canadian Football League. But, man, the, the string of bad luck that has happened for him Recently, I'm just looking. We go back to 2019. What had a great start to that year? He uh, nine and one. Yeah, tears his ACL in week seven, and then that's when Dane Evans took over, led the Cats to the Grey Cup. Uh, They end up losing to the Bombers, but then 2020, we know what happened that year. Nothing. So he was able to heal and get back onto the field for 2021, but then. Ended up sort of splitting time with Dane Evans throughout that year. Um, he starts almost the, wins the Grey Cup. Yeah, Evans starts the Grey Cup, gets hit, banged up. Mazzoli comes in, almost wins the game, but then signs in the offseason February of 2022 with the Ottawa Red Blacks. Fifth game of the season. That dirty hit uh that incident uh from Garrett Marino and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders he he gets knocked out for the rest of the year misses 17 games gets back in non-contact injury not even halfway into the game a terrible string of luck for him and it just sucks to see man yeah it's we talked about the lack of starting quarterbacks right now this definitely it's a huge blow to not only the Red Blacks and to Masoli, but to the league as well. Like, you know, he's one of those guys where everybody was excited for the return, uh, especially in Ottawa. They need something to to get that uh, fan base going again. We get, like they win last week with Tyree Adams, but he gets hurt. Yeah, right. Like they just can't catch a break. Um, just you know the way Dunnigan was talking at halftime. It's just it's deflating. I, I, Steve and I were watching, and I asked him, like, Masoli's career could legit be done if that's his Achilles. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's one of those things. Like, it's it's hard to come back from. It's it's a long rehab. You know, his, his one knee's already banged up. His other leg was banged up last year. It's at some point, and Eddie Steele even said, you have to get your life sorted outside of football so that when it's over, you have something to slide into. Whether or not he does, I don't know. But I, I don't want it to be the end. But if he decides that he can't do this anymore, I, I completely understand. Like, your body can only go through so much. And, and once they start happening, it's hard to stop. 
like you know with your back you're like yeah. it, wrecks, it screws up your legs you're overcompensating like my one knee my other knee gets sore it everything man because i'm i'm putting all the weight on one side it's it's one of those things that just sucks all around league player team fans everything um and yeah like even if he doesn't come back it's he's still like thoughts like wishing him a speedy recovery gets back to full health whether or not he plays football again i think is is you know back burner stuff right now you just want mm-hmm. him to be able to be able to like you know, he's got kids. Yep. Like you see these guys quitting quitting sports at thirty. I know. Like I want to be able to. I want to be able to walk. I want to be. I want to have my my faculties about me to to take care of my family, and they go into something else. So, you know, he, I don't know if he, if he doesn't play, I, I could see him wanting to get involved front office and coaching wise, maybe. Whether that's in the CFL or whether it's closer to home, I don't know. But yeah, he just it's just it's brutal to see, and, and just brutal luck for the guy. It was his return to Tim Hortons Field, and uh, mm-hmm. even while he was taking, hurt, taking pictures with both fan bases. Yeah, man. So on the play, he gets hurt. Ottawa ends up kicking a field goal on the next play. So it's nine three at that point. And moving along, I mean, Dustin Crum comes in. Now Ottawa's back to what their fourth option. To st- like Nick Arbuckle's not even a hundred percent, and I-, I don't even know if they want to go towards him here. Like, do you go to BC and ask about Dom Davis? Now you thought I was going to say Dane. Well, because <laughs> yeah. Farhan Lalji said that uh, BC is not giving up Dane Evans, and that uh, Hamilton didn't want him in the East. Where if I'm Hamilton, I might want him in the East, honestly, but. <laughs> You want to want to get picks and or what? You want to inflate those stats? Yeah, but like, do they make that call about Dom Davis and bring him back? Maybe. And I know there's all sorts of talk about uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson. I don't know if he wants to come back. Uh, we we don't know that. Yeah. So, uh... Kyle Oxley getting traded again? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I, I, I've seen Russ Jackson a few times. He's looking pretty good. He might as well just uh, put the pads on. Damon Allen? <laughs> See what happens. Maybe Kerry Joseph there. could turn this franchise or not. Uh, <laughs> Henry. Henry could Call turn this up. franchise around. <laughs> Aaron Durant, is his, is his elbow okay? <laughs> now, here's the thing. like Dustin Crum actually gave them <laughs> a shot. To, to to win this mm-hmm. thing, he he ended up putting them in the lead. Uh, he fooled the cameraman. Yeah, it was such a good RPO. <laughs> it was it was ten six uh, Ottawa late in the first half. But and I mean, look, Crum he's just kind of running for his life, and he's kind of just improvising on on the go here, trying to. Mm-hmm. You know, keep the team in it here. He had himself six carries for 91 yards. So Hamilton was having trouble figuring it out early on. Well, and I think a lot of that too is, you know, he doesn't have a lot of reps, doesn't have a lot of, uh, of you know, time with the number ones. Mm-hmm. Not that all the number ones are even out there right now for Ottawa, but it, it's kind of a, you know, if, if that first or second read isn't there, don't be waiting for something to open up. Just take yeah. off. If you're able to, just keep the play alive. Yeah, and, 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 it, and it works for a bit until teams start to figure it out. Right, right. 
Well, there we go. I mean, somehow the Red Blacks lose their starting quarterback and they go into halftime with a lead. <laughs> and I had Ottawa money line. You did? Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder if you were maybe thinking about uh, bringing that. They even extended their lead to start the second half with a field goal drive uh, mm-hmm. going and up. And then I looked. Thirteen. I looked at what the live odds were for the tie cats. What was it? Uh, I got up to like plus one thirty-five. And did so you? I'm put, like, oh, they know they know they're coming back, so I'm not even touching it. And you put some money down. No. Well, should have. I also lost on the Jays yesterday with Kevin Gosman on the mound. They got no hit by three different pitchers. <laughs> well, and then Matt Schultz ends up throwing an interception to Ty Cranston, and I'm thinking, are the Ty Cats going to lose to the Red Blacks? Well, a couple plays after that, Dustin Crum ends up throwing an interception. It was Ottawa's second interception of the game. I think this one kind of bounced around. Uh, Richard Leonard. Uh, did the bulk of the work. Simone uh, ended up being in the right place at the right time. And, uh, you know, that meant a lot to him to get a turnover and get that defense fired up because on the very next play, uh, they end up hitting McAllister for 64 yards. And then uh, the Ticats take the lead, uh, missing the extra point. Am I I seeing that correctly? Mm -hmm. So it's 15-13 at that point, and they really didn't look back from that point forward. It's not like they took a, yeah, it's not like they took off with it though either. That's true. Yeah. Like Ottawa's defense kept them in this game. They did. Which, they did. You know, other than there was a play Oh no, that would No, I'm thinking of a different game. Um you know, they Yeah, they were down to like you said, their fourth option, but the the defense knew that you know they have they have to make stops and they did. And they they only lost by eight. Like it's not like Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. you say they don't didn't look back. They they didn't allow any more points. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Ottawa was never out of it and literally came down to the last play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, like. The the Cats defense forced more turnovers. Uh, mm-hmm. R- Richard Leonard ended up getting his interception later in the game, and they Ottawa's, switched fumble. They traded fumble recoveries that they late did. In, the, in the third quarter. <laughs> yeah, so the ball ended up becoming a bit of a hot potato here. Uh, and Dustin Crum, he's taking hits. Let's let's be real here. He's, he's learning how to slide. Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, that Ticat defense was getting after him. The Ticat defense had Tim Hortons field rocking, and that ended up probably being the difference mm-hmm. in the game there. But some bizarre clock management, I thought, from the Ticats at the end of the game. At the end of the game, how did the Ticats take three time count violations yeah. at home? Hunt, field goal, and on an offensive play. Yeah. That's brutal. Like, that's... That's, they're lucky that it didn't come back to bite them. Like when you go from the 30, when you're kicking a 45 yard field goal and you mm-hmm. move it back to 50, the numbers go drastically down, I'm sure. Yeah. 50 is not easy. No, no. And like, I I legit thought they were going to punt that. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big ask. Uh, but yeah, and then the clock management, it just, yeah, nothing made sense of what Hamilton was doing. And uh, Ottawa. They end up getting the ball back with uh, about a minute to go. And uh, Dustin Crum, (laughs) 
He has a 22-yard run, two incomplete passes, but then he ends up uh, – uh, no, he completed one to Justin Hardy there. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> it comes right down to it where they are on the Hamilton 21 and Dustin Crum had all the space in the world. I still I still think if he goes left, he if the blocker it. was there, I think – but it's hard to say where yeah. the defender would have came out of, but it just felt like he had room to the left. But you also from that camera angle, you don't see that corner yeah. cross, but yeah, it's, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. He, he went for it. 19 yard gain. He is tackled down and the tight cats end up winning that game. So another instance where it wasn't pretty, but the tight cats win 21, 13. Mm-hmm. And when they desperately needed, a desperately needed. Now they go into Edmonton where <laughs> I don't know. Two in a row is officially a streak, is it not? <laughs> it is. It is. Look, I don't know what's going to happen in that game. The short week traveling to Edmonton, but Edmonton finds ways to win. I Are you putting it down on Hamilton right now? Yeah. <laughs> we don't even need to do when. They show. <laughs> Mind you, I'm not doing Wednesday's show. So. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> you're not even going to show up, but we know that yeah. you're going to be picking uh, yeah. the Hamilton Tiger Cats at Commonwealth Stadium. I picked them last week <laughs> in that game. <laughs> Matt Schiltz, 19-26, 233 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Their uh, leading receiver was Tyreek McAllister, and he had one catch tie. Uh, mm-hmm. But <laughs> Richie Sindani, seven catches, eight targets, 59 yards. Uh, and that one like, he dropped. Yeah, I know, in the end zone. Looks like they want to get him more involved into that okay. offense because Ottawa really kept Tim White and Duke Williams a combined 50 yards in check mm-hmm. in uh, this game. Uh, James Butler even had 17 carries, but Ottawa's defense held him to 3.6 yards a carry. Yeah, like Ottawa got a turnover on downs at one point. When you're holding I- – I mean, James Butler, it's a different James Butler than it was in BC. When you're holding any running back to under four yards of carry, that's that's a huge, huge positive for your defense. Justin Hardy ended up being the leading receiver for the Red Blacks. Seven catches, 58 yards, uh, but they couldn't really run the ball either other than with Dustin Crum because DeMontre mm-hmm. Tuggle had 11 carries for 30 yards, 2.7 yards a carry. <laughs> He added two catches for 13 yards. That's not a great showing. No, it was uh, an ugly one for the offenses in that game. Last game of the week, 35-19. The BC Lions beat the Montreal Alouettes. And this one, I, I don't like to say it much. I don't like the crap on the officiating much. But there were a couple head-shaking calls in this one, Ty, especially early on, where Vernon Adams ends up throwing an interception to Marc-Antoine DeCroix, and I'm thinking, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, right where Vernon Adams left off against Toronto with the six Mm. interceptions early on against Montreal, an interception returned to the house, and there ended up being an illegal contact called on DeCroix on that one. It didn't look like he did anything, really. 
no, it's it's one of those things where I don't know what the rule is exactly, but if that's called on the field, if it's not challenged, they can't pick it up, right? Well, they can, but like it right. can't be an eye in the sky but saying it, there's it nothing there. It was a there. scoring play, so I. Yeah, it's weird. But who was I, the who was the crew? Uh, Foxcroft was the coach, oh, or was it Valesi? Either way, uh, either way, yeah. it's no Andre. Tom uh, Tom Valesi was the head ref. Dave Foxcroft was the replay official. Um, and then I, I, where you're at as Jason Moss, it's like the first drive. You don't want to throw the challenge because at some mm-hmm. point we don't even know what they're going to call. Yeah, it's, it's getting to that point where it changes. Those calls are judgment calls. Yeah. Yeah. So you could think that it is a penalty and the officials are like, well, no, there's nothing there. It's just hand fighting, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. It's it's just one of those things where if it's not blatant, like, and I I hate that argument. Well, you don't want to, you don't want to end the game with a challenge flight in your back pocket. I also don't want to lose a timeout for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I got a football game. I'm more worried about winning. Like, one play in the first quarter shouldn't kill you. Shouldn't. Now, I do, and some people say you can't measure momentum, but that changes everything. Like if it starts with Montreal six or seven nothing, if they if they could measure the momentum once we get once we start running and we can't stop, yeah, like there's got to be a way to measure that. Yeah, that's momentum. <laughs> uh, both teams had ten penalties, a combined two hundred and twenty eight yards in penalties in this game, and. That's more two than football a few fields, of them. Travis. That's yes. two football fields. Yeah. And more than a few of them were actually I thought like why are we throwing the flag here? Let's let's look at the just the returns in this one. Actually, Herji Mayala in the first quarter holding on a return, a legal block on a return he had in the second quarter, and then in the fourth quarter he had a holding. He got called three times on special teams alone. <laughs> We're looking here. Uh, BC ended up taking a holding in the first quarter. Actually, they had two on one play. Um <laughs> Yeah, of course he did. Montreal uh, 39 takes an illegal block on a return in the third quarter. Uh, Jeshrin Antwee takes a uh, illegal block on a return in the third quarter. Like, And then uh, BC uh, 32 takes a holding in the fourth quarter on a return. This was absolutely brutal. And and did you notice what was happening in the... Eight. There's eight penalties on returns. And a lot, uh, I don't know. I hate this, the whole There's thing. The, there is no way there is eight penalties on, on the returns. No. Like and, eight legit penalties. And let's face it. Sometimes, well, there's holding on almost every play on offense. It doesn't get called every play. But then the returns, ah, let's just throw it. Yeah, let's take all the excitement out and just kill the entire flow of the football game. Yeah, even if it has nothing to do with... <laughs> The play. A few of them do, of course. Of yes. course. And those but if it's on the other side of the field, like, don't really need to call it. He wasn't going to get to the guy. So it was a frustrating game to watch at times. And it's like, what are we doing? All this stuff just getting called left and right. And then at the end of the game, uh, in the fourth quarter, that pass interference getting called on BC. 
I got to be honest, man. I I don't know what they saw there either. It it just kind of looked like a makeup call from the first point of the game. Yeah, yeah but at some point, like, the, like a makeup call. Like, I know it's it's so probably shouldn't, it shouldn't exist, but it's, it's it's human nature, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you hear Tim Peel with the live mic last year <laughs> for the NHL. Oh, I yeah. owed them one. It's like shut the f- up. <laughs> <laughs> So you just you just confirmed what everybody thought to be true. Yeah, yeah, and look, I I don't like talking about the officiating this much because for it's... the most part, but in this one, it just slowed the game down so much. I, I don't know if it makes a difference as to who's winning or not, like yeah, that big of a that big of an impact, but just the entertainment value, the the game flow, like it's just, it just takes like. When there's a penalty every other play, it feels like, why am I watching this? In, in, in this one, the penalties probably didn't change the game all that much because the BC Lions were getting after uh, Cody mm-hmm. Fajardo. And that just deja vu from last year. Seven quarterback sacks for the BC Lions in this one, including Matthew Betts. Having two, Woody Barron had one, David Menard had one, Sione Tahima had one, Ben Halatic had one, Quincy Moje had a sack. They were all over Fajardo in this one, and I didn't think he played all that bad. Uh, 24 of 39 for 280 yards. He yeah. didn't turn the ball took, over. Took care of the football. He did, and I mean, that's a lot to ask, especially when you're under that kind of heat. And uh, with and with who is in the secondary for BC? Yeah, yeah. So feasting on mistakes. It, it didn't play terrible, um, but he hit K on Julian Grant forty nine yards on five catches. Courtney Davis had a beautiful catch, uh, two catches fifty yards, and Austin Mack had himself another seventy two yards in this one. But look at the rushing attempts for number 31 in the Montreal Alouettes backfield. And it feels like we're broken records. It feels like we're parrots repeating every, every, every episode. Mm-hmm. But William Stanback gets six carries, Ty. What's the point of paying him all that money and saying, oh, we've got one of the best running backs in the league if you're not going to use him? Trade him, get something. Not- <laughs> Cody Fajardo well. had more rush attempts. <laughs> yeah. Like, yep. I get it. Six, six, six carries, seventeen yards, two point eight. It's only six carries. Like, let him get into the game. It mm-hmm. was seven seven at one point. There was no reason to abandon the run. Well, it, it makes... they were still in it in the third quarter, third and fourth quarter. They were, yep. Like, it, 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 it makes no sense. It makes Matthew Betts' job real easy. Yep, just pin your ears back. <laughs> you ran. Does. They ran the ball fifteen times. Mm-hmm. Fifteen. Now, I don't know if this game looks completely different if that interception to start the game ends up standing. But Vernon mm-hmm. Adams Jr., he has 80% completion percentage, 20 of 25, 283 yards, and the touchdown. And that touchdown throw he made to Javon Katoy was two defenders in the area, and yeah. it was picture perfect. If, so, they put, like, if that's... That's not put where it was. It's yeah. incomplete or picked. Like it's too bad thing. There's there's only three things that happen when you throw a football, and two of yep. them are real bad. Yep. 
Now, uh, Sean Shivers making his uh, CFL debut for the BC Lions. He has himself 14 carries, 63 yards, and a touchdown. He also had a 68-yard catch, two for 73. So he had 136 yards uh, of offense in his CFL debut. He's a Mm -hmm. small guy, but he's fast. He's physical. He took a big hit in this one. They had to put him in the concussion protocol. Yep, he ends up coming back in, and man, that guy ran hard, and they've got two great running backs, it appears, in BC. And uh, that takes so much pressure off Vernon Adams Jr. Like He threw six picks last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and you, if you if you can trust these guys with the, with the football, and they're not going to turn it over, and they're going to mm-hmm. get positive yards and give you that second and, you know, five, six, five, four yards, it's completely manageable. Mm-hmm. And, and it sets you up for success later on in the game. Like said, for a small guy running as physical as he does, it's nice. It's I shouldn't say nice to see because you don't see it it's just because you yeah. don't see it that often. But he's not avoiding contact. He's not yeah. like running east west trying to get the extra two yards when he could just go down and and you know take five yards instead of six. The difference in this game was the end of the second quarter when things got real crazy. Uh, Ty, uh, there ends up being a blocked punt uh, that the Alouettes block. And then (laughs) on the ensuing drive for the Alouettes, David Cote has his field goal blocked by Woody Barron. What a call by Dustin Nielsen, too. It was great. What is happening? He's so good. (laughs) Uh, Edwards Cooper ends up catching it in the air, taking it to the house. And then, I don't know, did you see this was, I think, the end of the first half. What happened with Jesh Renantwi? No, I missed that. He <laughs> It was moving day for me, so I was in and out of the game. He has the ball in open open field. He's running and it's it's second and 16. He he puts the ball he looks like he's considering kicking it. Oh, oh they were I heard them talking about it and then he missed. Well, he didn't even really attempt to kick. Or, he yeah. put it on the ground. And then he picked it up. <laughs> Nobody knows what happened. No, and then and, and Glenn Cedar's like, was he maybe trying to fumble it, thinking it was a change of possession? Honestly, and that's what could, I was. I was like, what's you could going on? Cover it and get first down. Like, yeah, it was weird. Super weird. So there was some weird stuff going on in this game as well, because not long after that, BC punts it to Chandler Worthy, and I don't know if he lost it in the sun. But it hits him in the face. And for people who are going to call you on that, the roof was open. It was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> and we're in a dome. A he controlled had environment. No there idea no where way. it went. Yeah. Because he looked behind him and the it's ten yards in front of him. <laughs> so the Lions end up recovering that and they get a field goal and they take a lead 24-10. So there was a lot of crazy stuff going on this yeah. game. And uh, well, that's what you get when you put CFL games on a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's exactly uh, what happened. I mean, uh, Montreal was in it for the most part, but they can't protect Cody Fajardo. And uh, when, when that happens and you've got a... You can't allow like seven Lions. sacks. No, exactly. So, and you're not running the ball. It, it just kind of seems like the same issues that were happening in Saskatchewan in 2022. 100%.
for the BC Lions, uh, Keon Hatcher, he ended up having himself a nice game. Uh, he had 68 yards. So, man, we're just getting robbed left and right, man. Uh, six catches, seven targets on this one. Javon Katoy, 55 yards. And then uh, for the Alouettes, it's, uh, it's, it is what awesome it is. Awesome, Mac. Yep. Those uh, fumbles, those tackles for loss, the blocks, all of that, and those penalties uh, every second play uh, ended up costing them the game in Vancouver. Um, What are we looking at for the fantasy this week? I don't even want to look at my team. I had Dominic Are you saying saying, so did I? He was my captain. Yeah. (laughs) My, My team was, it was ugly. Uh, we'll just put it that way, man. Hey. <laughs> I I am in the middle of trying. Well, I didn't get my settings changed, so I'm trying to open up the spreadsheets here, and then because my screens aren't actually side by side, but that's the way they're set up, like for the viewing. Oh yeah, okay. So I'm moving everything in the wrong spot. Okay, quarterbacks. Uh, so. Fajardo, 22.9. Number one? That's what I have. I had to double check it too. It's the rushing. Yeah, it's 100% the rushing. Uh, Taylor Cornelius, 18.8. Vernon Adams, 17.5. <laughs> Calaro, 17.2. Dustin Crum, fifth at 17.1. And like Trevor Harris at 15 but the website says 14.3 so i don't know what's going on now uh, you might as well just pick the cheapest quarterback yeah shivers 21.6 McAllister 17.3 so two guys <laughs> making their debut this yeah week. who had them <laughs> Diedrich mills 16.1 and then olivera mcbray tied at 16 and olet had 14.4 and as for wide receivers uh, Picton was number one at 17.9. Javon Katoy at 15.5. Austin Mack at 15.2. Rashid Bailey at 14. Richard Sandani at 12.9. And Sandani could have had a real big game. Sandani yeah. could have in the 20s had he made that catch. It seems like the stars were kind of shut down in week five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't get it. That is a week of CFL it's, football. It's... It was uh, Thursday was a debacle. Friday, <laughs> I went to bed once it was over. Yeah, yeah. Last night, I had tuna for the first time. It wasn't bad. I liked it. Wow. Never had it before. Tuna steaks. Brazilian and then today, tie. today I had to move into camp and got to watch maybe 10 minutes of that football game. So <laughs> a complete disaster of the last four days. And I still have that. Oh, wow. Wow. This coming week, a little bit of a different week six because there's a doubleheader on Saturday. There's no, uh, and I'll probably miss, uh, well, I'll probably get, I'll I'll be, I'll be, I'll be able to watch the late game for sure. All right. Perfect. It it seems weekends out here, ghost towns right now. Okay. Okay. Uh, week no six here. is on the way. Uh, it seems like there's big happenings, big news happening every week, but that's every season in the Canadian Football League. You can like, subscribe to Tune Out in your favorite podcatcher, uh, comment and uh, subscribe on YouTube as well, and you can support the show on Patreon. I'll be back with a week six preview. Brazilian Ty won't, but he'll be here for a week six recap as he is in the great province of B.C., Making that there is uh, literally money. a 
Yeah, there is literally a forest fire 15 minutes from camp. Oh. Yeah, we watched the helicopter pick water up today and then fly over. Yeah, the smoke has returned with a vengeance to central Alberta as well. So yeah, uh, yeah. hope you're safe wherever you're listening to the show. And <laughs> we'll talk to you soon to get you ready for week six. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.